Your best salespeople in the world are your happy new clients. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 5858 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover basically how to make your email marketing kick ass and make more money with it. Today, I'll be talking to Damian Thompson about the three marketing automation campaigns every business should have. Now, this is a topic that I haven't really talked about on this podcast. I haven't had too many guests on to talk about it either. But here's a quick summary of what this is all about. You can go and get an email software program like Infusionsoft or Office Autopilot and what that software will allow you to do is when someone clicks a link in your emails or when someone visits a page on your website, you can trigger an email that gets sent out to them. So let's say for example, uh, if I was using, I'm not using software like this for myself, but suppose I was, you'd go to my site, you sign up to my daily email list, right? The software would cookie you, basically put a tracking cookie onto your computer, right? And then let's say a week later you visited my page on you know that's uh, sell basically selling 10 email autoresponder sequences there's a form on that page but let's say you visited that page and you didn't fill out that form you just visited checked it out then left what I could do is set Infusionsoft or set Office Autopilot to send you an email and say, hey, we noticed you checked out this page. Do you have any questions on this service? Right. So it's 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 called marketing automation. Okay. Here's another thing. You got to understand what stage of the buying cycle people are in. You've got really cold prospects, which basically need you need to establish your authority with them. But once they've contacted you, once they've replied to an email or talked to you on the phone, they really need to go into a proper sales funnel sequence, something more aggressive. So what we're talking about here today is what sort of campaigns you need to have. You know, for prospects, and then when they get a little bit warmer, and then what about customers and uh, why they really should not be running at the same time, okay? So today, Damien Thompson, he runs a, a basically a marketing automation agency where they set these things up for people. So uh, he's actually a bit of a friend as well. We, we've both worked in the Philippines. He uh, he was at the resort before I was, if you've heard that story before. And uh, yeah, so this is going to be a really fascinating episode. It's got me all pumped up about marketing automation. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash five eight. Now, before we do that, I've got a couple things to mention. This week's McMaster's Inside of the Week. If you don't know, McMaster's is uh, my paid membership community. You get the McIntyre Method stories to sell a bunch of different products that's going to help you do email marketing better. There's a whole group of people in there right now who are learning how to do their email marketing. Anyway, Inside of the Week this week, there is a forum. So that's where I'm getting these insights from. The insight this week is your product does not matter. The solution is the only thing that matters. Your job as the copywriter is to get someone sold on the benefits of a solution, not your solution, but a solution, okay? So now I I wrote that in reply to a thread when someone was talking about their product, okay? Now what you need to understand, okay, is your product literally does not matter, Okay, what matters is the result that someone's going to get by using it. So it's not about the ebook, it's not about the videos, it's not about the kitchen knives, it's not about any of that, right? It's about a flat stomach. It's about beautifully cut steak. It's about plumbing in a house that works perfectly, okay? And that's what you're selling. You're not selling an ebook, you're not selling videos, you're not selling any of these things. You're selling a result. Okay, and when you get that, you realize that when you do your sales company, when you do your emails, when you do all of these things, it's all about that result. You don't need to even worry. It's almost like your 
the ebook, the fact that it's an ebook, or you're a plumber, or you sell kitchen knives, or you sell videos, whatever it is, that, that's just a side note. It's kind of like me coming to you and saying, Let, suppose you're really fat and you wanted to lose weight. And I was like, hey, hey, Dave, how would you like to lose 50 pounds in the next 50 days? And you'd be like, fantastic, where do I sign up? I go, great, I've got, I could be like, well, I've got an ebook, or I've got videos, or I've got uh, you know, a special personal training program, or whatever it is. But the, if I could get you convinced that you're gonna get that result, the product doesn't matter. You'll go through the ebook, you'll go through the videos, you'll go through the training if you're convinced that you get the result that you want. Okay, that's it for this insight. If you want to learn more about McMasters and get some more of these insights into your life, go to themcmethod.com slash McMasters. Uh, there's a link in the top uh, the top menu bar as well if you can't, uh, if that link doesn't work. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the inside and we can start talking more about this stuff. Now, reviews. Uh, if you want to leave me an iTunes review, if you enjoy the show, if you're getting a lot out of it, it really helps spread the word and uh, it really makes my day. So go go to iTunes, search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast and leave me an iTunes review. Tell me what you think about the show. Any guests you think I should interview, I would, uh, I'm would. i going to owe you a high five one day. And if, if you come to Chiang Mai, Thailand, or if I bump into you in the States or somewhere one day, tell me you left me a review and I'll buy you a beer. Now, I've got one listener question really quickly today. What is the best way to get traffic to a website, both free and paid? It's an interesting question because it presupposes that there is a best way. And honestly, there is no best way. There is context, right? There is only context. If you have no money, right, and you don't want to spend money on ads, you can't spend money on ads, then paid traffic is just ruled out. In, in the context of your life, your situation, paid traffic is irrelevant. So you've got to do free traffic. The goal here should be to go and borrow some money, okay? The problem with free traffic is that people think, oh, well, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Well, it does cost a lot of things. It costs time. It costs energy. It costs research. It costs the stress that comes with, like, playing with Google, right? Google does these little animal updates, you know, panda, penguin, rhinoceros, hippopotamus, right? That is so stressful. I've been there. I've done that. I don't want to even think about SEO because it's annoying. Right? I don't want to have to deal with Google. Paid traffic, on the other hand, doesn't cost that much time. doesn't cost that much energy once you get, get the hang of it, but it does cost money. So it depends. Do you want to trade your time and energy for traffic or do you want to trade your money for traffic? Right? Once you've figured out that, then you're going to know whether to do free traffic or paid traffic. Right? And as, let's say you're going to do free. Well, that's going to be things like a podcast, content marketing, like blog posts, guest posting, all those different things. There's no best way. There's just different ways. And a lot of with the free way, you're going to have to create good content. Otherwise, it's not going to do that much or you're going to have to be a really good SEOer. Okay? Now, as for paid traffic, I'm getting started with Facebook ads right now and I think that'll be a great place for a lot of people to start. There's some really good targeting options. It's very cheap. It can be it's a lot cheaper than Google AdWords. So it's a great place to kind of get your uh, get your feet wet in the advertising paid advertising space. And uh, as you grow that, so this is what I mean. The context. So if you're just a beginner, then start with Facebook advertising. You know, it's it's still running. It's still good. It's cheap, and you get the hang of it, right? And then once you've got uh, some chops down, then you go into AdWords. Then you go and do some banner advertising, right? There's no best way. There is only context, okay? So you've got to understand what's going to work for you in your personal situation. Anyway, that's it for now. I'm all jacked up because I've had a coffee. It's 7, or let's see, it's 9 a.m. here in Thailand. So uh, I've got that morning buzz. Anyway, that's it for now. Let's get into this podcast with Damien Thompson. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Damien Thompson. I, I first met Damien a long time ago. I think it was about three years. I was applying for a job in the Philippines to work at a resort. Now, some of you, you might have heard about this because you've heard a podcast before where I go and, you know, where I went to the Philippines and, and turned up and didn't really know much about marketing at all, taught myself copywriting and kind of got started. Well, Damien was the guy that interviewed me 
for that position. So uh, that's like we go. That's like three years back, right? And uh, now we're here. And now kind of, I've kind of gone off and done some copywriting stuff. Now I have this bit of marketing agency, coaching business sort of thing going on. And Damien's kind of gone in his own direction, similar field with the marketing. But what he's doing is uh, marketing automation. Now this is something that I, you know, we haven't talked about too much on this podcast uh, for no specific reason other than the guests that I've uh, had on so far aren't specifically about marketing automation, but Damien is. His business is all about creating you know, different email campaigns depending on what stage the prospect or the customer is in. So it's, it's really cool stuff and he's got some great stuff to share, you know, ways you can make it, uh, really simplify it. And that's the important thing because you don't, do not want to be doing this stuff manually. That's such a waste of time. So we're going to talk about uh, today some really cool stuff. That actually, the three campaigns every business should have. Damien will tell you more about that in just a second. But first, Damien, how are you going today, man? Good, John. How you doing, brother? Fantastic, man. It's good to have you on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny. I, you know, it's I obviously I knew it, but uh, hearing you talk about it, you know, our, our paths were very similar. You know, I had that job before you did, and then you took the job, and then we both went from that to I. I focus on copywriting as you know as a you know kind of paid copywriter for a couple for about a year or so, mm-hmm. and then I ventured off into my own path, and you kind of ventured off into teaching other people how to do copywriting and and really kind of helping companies do well with our responders. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting, you know. I I I, I joke that. I came here for three months and I stayed for three years. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, the Philippines got me. So, um, but, it's that uh, kind of place, man. I mean, I was there is. for four years. Uh, so right. four months. I was only together for four months and then was there for uh, 12 months instead. So, right. I don't know how it does it, man. It just does it, you know? It does. It sure does. So, yeah, look, I'm happy to be on. I, I'm a fan of the podcast. I like it and uh, I like the stuff you do. So, um, Definitely, I'm um, looking forward to talking today about the the three campaigns that every business should have. <laughs> cool, man. Well, before we do that, give uh, I mean, I've given people a quick you know background on what you're into, but you probably got the the detailed, in depth, fun version. Uh, so uh, give me that. Hit me with that. What's uh, who's Damien Thompson and what does he do? Nice. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you the sales pitch. Ready for the sales pitch? Do it. Um, so I'm the founder and chief revenue officer of a company called Lynchpin. Um, so Lynchpin helps professionals and small businesses gain new customers faster, retain existing clients longer, and attain obtain market leadership through sales and marketing automation that's practice you like that that's like good, that little, that was like what, that? I was thinking you'd be talking for like you know five minutes because that's, that's what some people do but you were done in I was like 20 seconds 15 seconds got it man it's that elevator pitch I'm an ex-sales guy so you that's learn those tricks that's a great example man anyone yeah. listening you gotta have this pitch down when you go to a conference when you do a podcast this is what you need yeah. So yeah. So I'll, I'll do the. I'll, I'll spend a little bit. I spent about 15 years of sales and marketing for big software companies like McAfee and Symantec, doing that kind of traveling around the world, um, Australia, Asia, the U.S. Um, and then about four years ago, you know, took the same gig you did to kind of decide, hey, I want to translate these corporate skills into online skills and kind of work up work for myself and be a little more independent with where I lived in the world and uh, you know bumps and bruises and a bunch of mistakes and then kind of finally figured out the hard way you know what people were really willing to pay for okay okay and like to, just to go back a little bit because there's a there's a bit of a story there with how you know we're both at that result we both left we're both doing copywriting and marketing and then what happened is i mean that's how it started right it was just copywriting right but then yeah you know i went off and you know became this started calling myself the order responder guy it's kind of like a positioning thing and then you ended up you, you know you did the same thing just in a different direction which is and since then right because i listen to this podcast with you and uh, stramco and that's you know that led me to kind of do another podcast with stramco recently but this whole idea of when you finally figured out that you were going to be the marketing automation guy the marketing automation company in you know the circle or in, in the scene that we're in things took off right that was one of those catal- you know the catalyst points yeah, so I'm a big fan of like Dan and Ian, the Tropical Envy. I'm a big fan of the whole idea of niching down. Um, and I know it gets a lot of beat, gets beat up a lot, and Tramco beats it up a lot. But I mean, the reality is, is that 
you know, it's about getting the right size niche. But, you know, niching down is a great way to kind of, is a great way to launch your business at least. Um, so I'd come from corporate. I'd done two startups. I'd raised venture capital twice, a couple million dollars each time. Um, so I knew how to build a small company, but I really was struggling. You know, when you, when you build a startup, it's all about trying to address the largest market possible, right? So you raise a bunch of money and then you spend a bunch of money trying to go after, a, solve a big problem, a billion dollar problem. But when you're bootstrapping, when you're building yourself, it's about, kind of finding your people, finding your tribe, you know, finding your niche and, and doing that in a more cost effective and faster way mm-hmm. because, you know, you're paying all the bills. So I really struggled with that for a while. So I went from being a solo copywriter, you know, doing the Odesk thing, hustling up contracts that way and then doing referrals and stuff into kind of launching a content marketing agency. Um, and I didn't love that at first. And my kind of my far focus there was I was focusing on early stage uh, funded software companies just because I'd kind of come from that world. And they have a bunch of money. And so they didn't complain about rates. So I could charge a premium, which I like charging a premium. Um, and so they didn't I didn't I didn't have to fight with them over money. The problem was, is that the engagements weren't very long and I wanted recurring revenue. And because either they run out of money because they go out of business or they have success and they start hiring people and they hire content marketers, they hire copywriters. So it wasn't a great fit. So I went back to doing the solo consulting thing and then over beers one night with Dan Andrews and then Justin Cook from Empire Flippers. And they were beating me up again about not having a niche. And so I just finally had enough and said, you know, okay, great. You guys beat me up a lot. I agree. I want one. How about you help me pick one and stop beating me up already? And so we sat there and kind of talked about it. And what happened was I just kind of asked them. I said, well, what would you pay me $500 a month to do for you? Um, and at the time, Justin had just bought Office Autopilot, now Entreport, um, and said, look, we just bought this software. It costs us a couple hundred bucks a month. I know we're not getting the full value out of it. Um, I'd pay you to come figure out how to use it better. So I said, that's interesting. And so I, I started playing around with that and quickly realized that it was a great niche for me. I mean, I come from sales and marketing and running teams and email automate, uh, email marketing and CRM, which is kind of what these tools are. They're a CRM plus email marketing plus kind of e-commerce online. And you know, I'm, I was a Salesforce admin a decade ago, you know? And so, I mean, I kind of, I understood the space already, but I never really thought about taking it into. Marketing automation is a, is a market that's really starting to really take off at the enterprise level. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity for SMB. SMB always lags behind the enterprise. Um, so I just thought a lot of opportunity. I got in there. I really enjoyed it. The plan was always to, I, I want to build teams. I don't like doing the solo thing. I like building teams. I enjoy that. I want to build a business. Um, and so I always kind of plan on growing bigger and not being you know, dependent on one thing. But at that time, I was saying, okay, well, I'll be the entreport guy. I talked to Shram, Uncle Shrammy, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and Shramko was right. You know, the biggest thing I took out of that was, is I was thinking, I was thinking about taking too long. Like, so I'd always thought about adding Infusionsoft or HubSpot or whatever other tools and not being dependent on one tool only. Um, he was just like, we'll do it now. And he was right. I should have. And so I did. And so I added Infusionsoft right away um, and then started uh, signing up Infusionsoft customers. And, um, and now, you know, looking by the end of this year, we'll probably add HubSpot as well. Um, so really, it's not about the tool. You know, we're kind of vendor agnostic. It's more about you know getting value out of it. And my new catchphrase is automation. The so- the soft software is not a strategy, right? Yeah. So buying a piece of software is not a strategy. You actually have to have your demand generation strategy set up. Um, and so what we do is we help them do that. 
We set up the tool for them, run it for them. And for most of our customers, we also then help them by creating content to feed into that tool. Because that's the, the thing no one talks about. You go out and you buy Infusionsoft. You go out and you buy Entreport. Awesome. You automate your emails. You create these nice, long, tricky campaigns. Well, you have to write all that email content, right? You have to write that landing page content. You've got to write that opt-in content. Like all that has to be written. And most of my customers are, are B2B businesses and, you know, they're not copywriters. They're not content writers. They're, they're not great at it. And so you know, they, they're willing to pay someone to do it for them. Okay, nice, man. Well, tell me that. I mean, this is a great entry point into this idea of the three campaigns every business should have. And I'm feeling a bit guilty looking at this list because I certainly don't have these three sequences. I've always been, you know, the straight autoresponder guy where it's just send, you know, just keep sending emails and it works. But you're talking about a more nuanced approach. And this is something you can do if you have, you know, Office Auto Pilot or Infusion stuff. So let's start there, man. Tell me about these three campaigns. Maybe just give us, give me a bit of quick overview. And then okay. uh, we'll start with campaign number one. Okay, sure. So I think that the, uh, I, I'll premise it by saying this. To me, email marketing is by far the most powerful marketing tool available right now. Um, it is essentially, you know, it's that they said copywriting was sales, you know, salesmanship in print. Well, email marketing is that, right? It's it's the ability to be able to one to many sell, right? You to sell your products, sell your services, sell yourself, sell your ideas, whatever. So I think it's very powerful, and it's the basis of almost all online marketing. So. In saying that, though, I say the litmus test for what you say to someone should be, you know, in marketing, we talk about personas, right? Deciding you know, who that person is, what do they look like, what are their hopes and fears and dreams and pains, and you know, how do you and how do you talk to them differently? Hmm. So I say, imagine you've got this person across from you at the table. If you were talking to them in real life about their problems and what you could do for them, would you talk to them differently based on you know what market segment they were in, you know what kind of customer they were? you know, uh, how they bought, that sort of thing. And if the answer is yes, then you want to talk to them differently. So the way I do this is I, I, I basically come up with these three campaigns. So the first is a lead nurture campaign. This is what most people do with their autoresponder today. This is the idea of a long-term drip to kind of build a relationship with them so they get to know, like, and trust you. The second is a sales funnel campaign. This is for someone that's actually you're actually engaging with and starting to really think about doing business with. And the third is a testimonial slash referral campaign. So that's for someone that's actually become a customer of yours. So if you think about it, would you talk to a prospect different than you talk to just some unwashed person on the internet, different than someone actually was giving you money? Well, of course you would. So the reason you talk to those three people differently is you create a campaign for each of them. Okay. I like it. I like it. This is really just, I, I mean, I talk a lot about it in my, in my sequence and the podcast and all the stuff that I do is that like the empathy is key. And that if you just have one email sequence, you don't really have much empathy with people because if, especially if you're sending that to people, no matter what stage of the uh, the buying cycle they're at. It's kind of like thinking that within a sales, there's so many ways to look at this. You could have like a sales funnel diagram. You could have like a, almost like a pie chart thing and look at like where, which phase of the, you know, say, you know, look at that cycle thing, like a big circle and which stage people are in. There's all different ways to phrase it up. But if they're in different stages, they really have different needs in terms of the way you need to talk to them, the offers you need to make to them. So I like this. Yeah, so that's the magic word there, John. You're right. So it's all about the sale, the buying stage, right? So at a, gen, at a generic level, and every business is different, blah, blah, blah. But you know, at a generic level, there's essentially four buying stages, right? So the first buying stage is unaware. So either they're unaware they have a problem or they're unaware that there's a solution to the problem they know they have. 
right? And then the second stage is some level of information gathering, right? They're doing investigation. Now they know there's a problem. They know there's a possible solution. They're investigating possible solutions. Hmm. Then the third stage is comparison, right? They're comparing you versus two or three of your competitors or two or three other ways of, of doing it. And the third is actually the sale and post-sale, you know, the post-sale management, right? So the way you talk to people in those sales stages, you're absolutely right, is different. So, and this is what most people get wrong about content, would be that blogging or podcasting or email marketing, is they just kind of do this one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Mm. The reality is when you're unaware, your content's all about pain agitation, right? It's all about you know poking, poking them in the eye, right? Let them know that there's a problem. You know, and a lot of times unaware means they don't know they've got a problem. So let them know they've got a problem. It's, it's higher level. It's you know, quote-unquote top of funnel. It's more kind of emotion-based. Right. Then second, when you start looking at like an investigation, well, now they want to start thinking about, you know, what opportunities are out there. Well, now the content needs to be more about kind of what you do and how you do it. Right. And then when you talk about comparison, now you're talking about now, now they want to get really technical. Now it's about case studies. Now you want success stories. Now you want to start helping them imagine themselves with your solution. So start showing them other people that have made that solution and do it. But it gets more technical. It's more depth and it's usually longer. And then the last is once they're on, on board is saying, okay, reminding them that they made a good decision, making sure they're getting the most out of the most value out of the purchase that they made with you, and then also helping them to get help you get more customers. Yeah. So, you know, those that content's vastly different. And so the way you want to talk to them is vastly different. Okay. So well let's start with this lead nurturing thing. Sure. Aside from it just being content, are you talking about like give them a crash course, give them links to blog posts, to podcast, or is there a specific like is it just anything and everything about content, no pitching, or is there a specific Oh no, no, no. So don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all about the pitch. So I just I think it's the, the pitch changes. So lead nurturing is is what exactly what it sounds like. So this is someone so I, I essentially break people down into kind of three different categories. You're a suspect, you're a prospect, or you're a client or customer, right? So a suspect means someone that meets that meets your criteria. So they're they're a possible user of your product or service. A prospect is someone that meets your criteria, but has also taken some specific actions towards buying from you. And then a client is obviously someone that's actually bought from you. So your lead nurturing is for your suspects. So this would be your traditional autoresponder. Someone's come to your website, they've checked out some of your content, they like what they see, they've opted onto your list, right? Now, whether whatever your opt-in, you know, whatever you're using for your lead magnet, whatever your opt-in is, a crash course, or just, you know, more information, whatever, the idea is that they're not ready, not only are they not ready to buy from you yet, they're not even really ready to get serious about talking to you yet, right? Hmm. But you don't want to let them go, right? So this is where you kind of – this is your traditional drip se- sequence. So what you want to do here is is you want to kind of demonstrate authority. You want to demonstrate expertise. You want to kind of keep them warm while they're making their decision, right? They're just a very early sales stage. They're either unaware or they're in investigating stage. Hmm. So they're not really ready to start thinking about buying yet. They're just – they're gathering data. And so what you want to give them is you want to just kind of keep them happy. Like you make sure, show them that you are, uh, you know, you are knowledgeable about the industry you're in. Show them, you know, give them some kind of food for thought. Give them some kernels of wisdom. And, 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 and it's much higher level. You talk about empathy. I think empathy is a great word here. This is much, it's a much softer thing. Now, I would say you don't want to pitch your product and service possibly – and look, I talk predominantly, most of my customers are B2B companies. Um, but, you know, for if you're doing kind of high value services of any kind or products of any kind, hmm. I think that you don't want to go for the close right away. The close you want to go for is move them into your sales funnel. So like in my business, yep. what, I, what I want is I want to get someone on a phone call, right? I charge anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 a month, right, recurring, 
So a new customer is worth anywhere from five to $50,000 to my business. So, you know, that's a lot of money. So that's worth me getting on a phone call with them. And also that's a lot of money for someone to spend. So generally you've got to do more than just send them to a sales page, right? They want to get some, they want to get some personal touch. So in my lead nurturing funnel, what I want to do is I want to drive them to an appointment. So my close, my sale, quote unquote, is an appointment. It's not an order during the lead nurture funnel. So once I get that sale of moving them to an appointment, then I would move them to the second campaign I think you should be running, which is your sales funnel, right? Now, this is definitely different for every business. Well, let's stop right there. So you're doing the lead nurturing, and let's let's say I'm on that sequence, I'm getting nurtured, and I'm like, all right, I want to talk to Damien. So I talk to you, and then what are you saying that happens? At the end of that call, I haven't made a decision yet, and then you send me the sales funnel sequence? Well, yeah, so I mean, you can be even trickier if you start using cool software. Like what happens is I'll drive you, so my call to action on my lead nurture will be, you know, go to this schedule once link, right, and schedule an appointment with me. Mm -hmm. And what happens is once you've done that, in Infusionsoft, it'll actually create you as a content record in Infusionsoft. Oh, you're actually already a content record because you're on the lead nurture but it'll change your tag from a suspect to a prospect, right? And then once you're a prospect, it's actually going to start the emails right then. You're going to get an email from me saying, hey, we've got an upcoming call to discuss your business, blah, 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 blah. Here's a few things you should be thinking about before our call. Here's a few questions you should answer before we even get on the phone call, right? So now I'm doing the Jay Abraham thing of like I'm giving that. you some hurdles to jump through, right? Yeah. So I'm giving you some I'm giving you homework before we even talk for the first time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so then that then we'll get on the call. And then what happens is once we get on the call, depending on the call, um, there's another tag that's created called your you know, consultation requested and then consultation completed. Once we've completed the call, if I, if I assign that tag to you, you go into a new uh, a new part of this sequence, which is did I send you a proposal? Right? Did you get a proposal to buy something? And if so, then you get follow-up emails three days after the proposal, a week after the proposal, 14 days after the proposal. And then on the 21st day after the proposal, you get my kind of see you later email, which is a little bit of reverse psychology, which is why I send an email saying, hey, we're not a great fit. Probably, I haven't heard back from you. We're not moving forward. Probably not a great fit. Most of my customers become customers within the first three weeks of us talking. You know, No problem. It's okay. We're not a great fit for everybody. I'm going to go ahead and take you off my follow-up list. Have a great lot, you know, ha, you know, ha, have a great time. If you ever want to get back in touch with me, it's easy. What happens here is, is people say, oh, no, no, don't take me off your list. Don't take me off your list, hmm. right? Uh, and so it's a great piece of – and that's, that's the sales funnel. And that'll, that definitely changes business to business. Um, but what it is essentially is that now someone's engaged. They've put more effort into you, so you put more effort into them, hmm. right? They've requested more information. They've requested a proposal, a quote. But, they've requested an appointment. But let's say they so they get on this call with you. Well, let's say they, they click on the link or they schedule a, a meeting via this meeting one thing. And uh, you, they, you send them the email saying, hey, we're going to call next week. Before we get on the call, here are a couple of things I need you to do. What like, I mean, if I was if I was the, the prospect there, I could be like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to get on the phone call with you in a few days' time. Right. It's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. So what, all I'm doing is I'm just prepping you for the call. So, I mean, I'm not asking you to go out and do write a, you know, a, a doctoral thesis on something. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, the questions are the questions are like, you know, what's your what are your goals this year in your business? Yeah. Right. What are your medium to long term goals for your business? You know, what's your large what's your biggest marketing issue? So these are things you could answer right away. So you don't actually have to do anything. But what I'm doing is I'm just kind of planning the seed for our conversation, because once we get on the phone call, I don't really pitch on the phone call. The pitch, the phone call is all about you. So once I get you on the phone call with me, what I'm going to do is is I'm going to spend 10 to 15 minutes understanding your business better, all right, and kind of asking about 10 kind of questions I ask about your business and all the rest of it. And then the second part of the question of of our phone call is I'm actually going to give you a few ideas. I'm going to say, well, look, I actually went and checked out Drop Ted Copy, you know, and here's I like I like what you're doing this, 
right? Give them, I call it the insult sandwich. Right? Hey, I, 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 li- I like you doing this. I think you're making a mistake here. I also like you doing this, right? And so it's just easier to take my mistake thing. And then the mistake thing is I'll say like things along the lines of, you know, I don't think your I think your call to action on your opt-in could be stronger, right? Or you're asking for too many fields of data for someone to sign up onto your list. Or you're not you you don't have enough opt-in. You need an opt-in on every page, right? The opt-ins on every page should be. Or you've got too many social media icons, and when I click it, it takes me to that page. That should open a new window. So I, I basically do a kind of small conversion rate optimization clinic for about 10 minutes with them, right? Yeah. And the idea here is this is the kind of give to get, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk jab, jab, jab hook thing. Yeah. But what it really is is just it demonstrates my expertise. It demonstrates my authority, but also it does that magical thing of reciprocity. So now what I've done is I've spent 10, 15 minutes talking about your business, 10 to 15 minutes talking about ways you could improve your business for free. And then 99 times out of 100, that prospect says to me, well, hey, how, do we, how about we talk about your business now? Right. And so now they're asking me about my offer rather than me having to pitch my offer, right. which is just a much easier way to engage with them. Right. And also what that does is is I'm qualifying them on that call. I would say, you know, that one out of four people I talk to aren't a good fit for my business. You know, sometimes two out of five aren't a good fit for my business yeah. just because they're not big enough. They're not making enough money. They're kind of they're dreamers. You know, I mean, I don't my business. I mean, if you're going to buy this soft, the software alone is three hundred dollars a month. Right. Then you've got to pay me an additional thousand dollars a month. So if you're just thinking about what your business is going to be, we're probably not a good fit. Right. Um, So you need to be making money. And I do better helping people making 100 grand make 500 grand is is my business, not people making zero make 50 grand. And so I'm figuring that out in that phone call. And then sometimes I don't even offer at the end because they don't are a good fit. But if they are a good fit, generally ask me what we can do together. I talk about it a little bit. If it looks like it's a, we're a good fit, then I will send them a proposal. Nice, man. I like it. I like it. And then, let's say they sign up because you you've, you've done the lead nurturing. You've had to say done, done your sales funnel signals. They've gotten the emails. They've done the phone call. And they're like, all right, I'm in. You sign them up. You do the PayPal. You do the payment. You do all that sort of stuff. And then you're saying that you put them onto the. It's kind of like the customer. It's almost like a customer nurture sequence. But you're calling it the testimonial referral sequence. What's that? Yeah, so I mean, there's a, there's this is different. Like, most people do some sort of onboarding sequence, right? Like, so once you become a customer, they kind of help you keep becoming. Well, that's fine, but what no one does is your best salespeople in the world are your happy new clients, right? So they get that warm new car smell. They're all excited. You know, they're 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 envisioning this future together of the work you're going to do. Um, and so what you want to do is, is you want to keep them happy. Obviously, especially if you're in a, in a retention business like I am, you know you want to keep them on board, but also you want them to help you sell. So you want to help them realize, you know, hey, you know, part of the reason that we can deliver such great value to you, such great service to you, is is we don't spend eighty percent of our time out there looking for new business. We spend eighty percent of our time working with our customers. So the way we can do that is, is we ask our customers to help us find new customers. All right. So and then you kind of walk them through the thing people get wrong about referrals is, is they just ask for actually biggest thing is no one asks for referrals. Like they feel uncomfortable. They don't ask for them. So automating that kind of takes that pain away. doesn't feel so bad. The second thing people don't do, even if they do ask for referrals, they ask for them poorly. They ask for referrals. Well, no one no one's going to give you a referral. But what you do is if you help them, you make it easy on them. Remember, it's all about them. So you want to make them feel warm and fuzzy. let, Let them feel that it's reciprocal. But also make it easy. Hey, John, you know, here's why we think you're going to be a great customer because you fit X, Y, and Z with us, right? 
You know, other companies that would be a great fit for us would look like this too. They'd be certain, like my business, they'd be a service business, right? Or they'd be a B2B software company, right? They're doing, you know, at least $5,000 a month in revenue. You know, they're, you know, they're looking for ways to increase. They don't consider themselves, you know, top of the world marketers. You know, they're looking, they want to focus on serving their customers, not on finding new ones. And, and you kind of paint a picture for them of who your ideal prospect would be and then ask them and literally in the email have one, two, three empty spaces, you know? Can you, you know, think of three people that I should reach out and say that you would introduce me to them? And then a part of that campaign also is, is t- testimonials. Is that's another thing we don't do is we don't do enough social selling, right? And social proof is very powerful. Yep. So instead of doing that is you kind of say, you know, you, you ask for a testimonial. And again, what we get wrong with testimonials is, one, we don't ask for them. Or two, when we ask for them, we ask for them poorly. The best way to do it is to actually ask them questions, you know, hey, you know, can me just ask you a quick question? You know, why did you end up choosing us, right? You know, what did you think the solution was going to do for you? You know, has it delivered upon that? You know, that kind of just make it simple for them to answer, right? And that's, they just reply that, to the email. That's right? fantastic advice. Right? I've never heard that before, but that's fantastic. If you start saying that, I think I've done it accidentally before with people. And they do, sometimes I'll come back at you with a whole paragraph or a whole like 300, 400 word email. And there's so many, so much golden nuggets in there that you can just drop onto your sales page. And that's exactly it. And then so what I do is, is the best testimonials are the ones you help your customers write. So you help them write it by asking them probing questions, getting them to answer your probing questions. And then when you put it all together, you say, hey, Bob, you know, I'd love you to look at this. I want to put this on a website, which everyone loves. Everyone loves the idea of them being published on your website, right? Yeah. So, you know, so this is what I was going to put. This is the information you've given me. I've just put it all together and put quotation marks around it. Are you okay with this? And he's going to say yes. All right. And then you put it out there and boom, now you've got a, uh, You've got your customers selling for you. That's awesome. I love it. All right, let's wrap it up here, man. I got to get going. Yep. Let's yep. Uh, before we go though, give uh, give people. I think a few people who are listening here right now, they're gonna want to go and at least check out your sequence. And I'm sure some of them are also gonna be interested in signing up. Or maybe get on yeah, that cool. sales call and just seeing how you do the sales call. Yeah, so, that's uh, fine. Give me the pitch. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, the easiest way to find me is linchpin.net. It's L-I-N-C-H-P-I-N.net. Um, I'm, I'm active on Twitter, at Damian Thompson. Uh, yeah, if you just go to the go to the website, you know, i got opt-in boxes everywhere. So you can either opt-in to get on the list or you can uh, request a call on our About page. So either way, I look forward to uh, talking to people by email or, or on a Skype call. Boom. Cool, man. Well, uh, right. I'll, I'll have those links in the show at themcmethod.com. If anyone wants to get the links there. Thanks for coming on, man. Cheers, mate. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.